This year's donations might go to, say, the geology department. Oh dear, not the dirt people. Geology is the study of pressure and time. That's all it takes, really. What kind of activity has turned the lake massive? Look, I'm just a geologist. I like rocks. I love rocks. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Geology Flannel Cast. My name is Steve. Hey, everybody. This is Chris. Oh, good, good glad tidings, everyone. Jesse here. And what? welcome, everyone, to the premier geology podcast, uh, the Geology Flannel Cast. Hope all our listeners out there are having a, having a good day. You know, excited to learn about some uh, amazing geology information. About to get uh, just uh, blown away with facts today. Yeah. Every other week we do here. And I like that salutation. Glad tidings. Yeah. You know, should you know, we use more? I, maybe I'll start using it more. I, I like think it. that's the first time somebody's actually said glad tidings to me. I've never. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think it's the first time I've. Good tidings. Prob- it's probably been said out loud since, I don't know, Charles Dickens. Perhaps. <laughs> or uh, Alfred Russell Wallace. Oh, that's- oh. The, the protagonist Wait. of today's episode. Way to jump right into it. The yeah, hero. yeah, that's that's what, that was <laughs> totally accidental transition right there. But it worked. It worked. We've come a um, long way. Are you kidding me? We rehearsed that for weeks. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. that uh, that comedic writer that we hired for this. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's that's why we were we didn't uh, release the podcast last week. We were practicing this the whole, <laughs> the whole week. Yeah. And or Chris had field work. <laughs> just um, you know, when you think of the geology flannel cast, I want you to think of a well-oiled machine. Which yes. So Al- Alfred Russell Wallace, what what did he do? Yeah. So Alfred Russell Wallace, um, geez, there's a lot of things that he is known for. Did you know that there is a trench off of Java named after him? As well as a wait, 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 stop. Just Collaborate it, and listen. Is it called the Wallace Trench or is it called the Alfred Wallace Trench or the Alfred Russell Wallace Trench? You know what? We should get into the uh, the actual uh, nitty gritty with this. I don't know, but it's probably something to do with Alfred Russell and or Wallace. That'd be great if yeah. it was if it was all the three names. Just, there's an Alfred Trench, a Russell Trench, and a Wallace Trench. There's three trenches. No, oh, I was just thinking of just—it's <laughs> a very formal trench, and you have to call it the Alfred Russell Wallace Trench. Yep. <laughs> a real mouthful. Well, he's got a trench in Java, so good for him. I don't have a trench. Yeah. Do you, know, you guys have no. a trench name with you? No, no, not, not that I know of. Um, here we go. He's got a thirteen thousand three hundred foot peak in the Sierra Nevada mountains, named after him as well. Wow. Yeah. This is like the most famous a- guy you never heard of. Uh, a garden in Wales. Who doesn't have a garden in Wales named after them, though? Come That's on. true. Um, an Avery in Bristol. Uh, a bird paradise. Biological prizes in both Kansas and Australia. Kansas is kind of random. Wait, wait uh, a bird? A bird paradise? In Kansas? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> That's what it says. That's what it is. I'm not making this up. That's what it says. I hope um, to someday visit a bird paradise. <laughs> right. <laughs> Go visit the Wallace Bird Paradise. Yeah. We see where this is at, this Wallace Bird Paradise. <laughs> it's, I mean, you know, it, it, is it one of like the top tourist destinations in Kansas? Kansas? No offense uh, to our Jayhawk listeners. 
Oh, the the Wallace Bird of Paradise. Oh, a bird of paradise. A bird of paradise. That oh, makes I a miss- lot more sense. Yes, because a bird of paradise is a pretty tropical flower. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that makes sense. We'll talk about why that that yeah that makes a lot of sense. Uh, he's got a bunch of biology prizes. Like I said, Kansas, Australia, countless lecture theaters, university halls. He's got craters on both Mars and the Moon named after Whoa. him. Whoa! Well. Wow. This guy, you know, he's got some uh, some recognition, and he's probably the most famous guy that you don't know. Yeah. Well, other than us, he's pretty big, <laughs> but. Um, I would argue that uh, Alfred Russell Wallace is, is bigger than the geology final cast, and, and rightfully so. Rightfully, rightfully so. so, yes. Yeah. So, um, all right. Uh, so, Alfred Russell Wallace, this guy was born in uh, 1823, seventh child of a librarian. Um, and uh, he was he was a naturalist, and, and it started off, um, he was really interested in in beetles all right so he was he did a, did a bunch of work in the amazon looking at beetles like john paul might, george and ringo exactly I, I, how far away is uh let's see where he was from from liverpool i don't know uh he was about <laughs> he was and and, and, all, and off by about a, uh, 140 years <laughs> yeah yeah the, the beetles weren't even uh yeah that was ain't, ain't happening um so why are we going to talk about a biologist here on the geology flannel cast? You know, we don't really try to stick to the, to the rocks and environmental topics here, but today's going to be a little more, a little more biological, biologically oriented kind of, kind of day today. It's because today is one of those, uh, I guess you could say like a, a crossover episode where the biology is controlled by the geology, Right. And so the, bio- be- the biology kind of proves the geology as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. So they're, they're all, it's kind of a, this, it's going to be more of an interdisciplinary kind of a podcast today because uh, that's just how this stuff turned out. <laughs> all right. Yeah. And all you, cool. all you geologists out there, if you're listening, tell your biologist friends, yeah, like, hey, great. listen to this podcast. It was extraordinary. These guys are covering the topics that no other geologists <laughs> dare to dare to cover. Or biologists. Or yeah. anyone. Uh, yeah. And if you're a biologist and we say something terrible, just uh, shoot us an know. email. Yeah. Shoot send, Steve the email. How about that? All right. Yeah. <laughs> send it to us by posts. Our address is your address. Yeah. Just put with your a, address on, on with the a letter. P.O. box in front of it. Yeah. So. The topic of today's episode is this thing called the Wallace line. All right. And the Wallace line is in this, uh, this region of the world uh, down by like uh, Indonesia, Papua New Guinea, kind of down around there. And the, there's, it's almost like there's a, well, it's like, there's a line, right? <laughs> Where did I come up with that idea from? And the, Fauna is very, it's distinctly different on either side of the line. So that's, that's one of the things that um, Alfred Russell Wallace uh, is accredited um, to, to finding. All right. Yeah. So, so fauna, the animals, the animals, yeah. The animals are different. Yeah. Along the, uh, along this. So, um, you know, we're dealing uh, time-wise 
Alfred Russell Wallace, like I said, he started he started looking at insects in the uh, in, in the Amazon, and then in the uh, then he moved over in the let's see, so he was in the Amazon doing his thing, looking at uh, insects that are in eighteen forty eight. So another another guy we're going to talk about in this episode is a guy by the name of Charles Darwin. You guys ever heard of him? Chuck D, good friend hey. of the podcast. Good, good friend of the podcast, uh, Bigly Rings So, to give you a, a sense of time, we're going to be talking a lot about Darwin's book uh, on the origin of species, right? Pretty, pretty famous book that Darwin uh, that Darwin wrote, and we're going to be talking a little bit about how Alfred Russell Wallace um, kind of had some inspiration for Darwin or it kind of inspired Darwin to put some of the things down that he, uh, he did in, in this book. Well, I mean, they have a, they had a joint paper together. They, yes. Yeah. They, 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 yeah, exactly. Exactly. They did. Um, with, with the worst title ever. <laughs> what was, was that? The, the title is uh, on the tendency of species to form varieties and on the perpetual perpetuation of varieties and species by natural means of selection just i mean it says it all it's a very detailed title yeah it's (laughs) uh it's not the um the the catchiest of the titles but uh i guess i don't think back then they were looking for like you know catchy titles no no so um i do like how a lot of these papers from the 1800s start with the word on yeah, you know, we should do on that the more. origin of species, uh, you know, stuff like that. I'm going to start putting that in, in papers, starting turning these papers off with the word "on." Um, all right. So, uh, uh, Wallace in the in the 1840s, 1848 specifically. Uh, let's see, he was hanging out down in Brazil for like six years, and I like how they phrase this. He he named no fewer. Then 550 uh, new and distinct species of butterflies, um, which is a lot because at that time when he did this, there was only 66 known throughout the entire British Isles. So he goes down to Brazil and he's just like, yeah, you're 66. That's yeah. There's a new one. 550 down in Brazil. All right. Come on. What is this? Amateur hour? Come on. There's a new one. (laughs) Um. He went all over the place in Brazil, um, and uh, so he was doing this thing. Which so, I mean is is even more impressive because it's you know the mid nineteenth century. Yes, so, yeah. You know, it wasn't like the- you can just book a flight to go to Brazil yeah. this time. You know, it's like you got to get on a ship, and it's I'm sure it's uh, yeah, yeah. And then traipsing through the rainforest, he's probably wearing like a three piece suit. I don't yeah. think he took a malaria shot before he went there. No, I don't. I don't think that I was don't an think option. They had a thing there. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so work down there at this time was just, uh, yeah, uh, tricky. So you got to give these guys credit for uh, for doing that. Plus, the the rainforest has a. I don't know if you guys are aware of this. Uh, it has a reputation for being slightly humid as well. So it's. Uh, <laughs> I think it rains a lot there too. Right? Oh. Just my idea of hell. I could. I can't do jungles. I. Ugh. I cannot put me in the tundra. Give oh, me. Oh like, God. Yeah, I would love it. That the desert. Put me in the desert. I love it. Between humidity and the bugs. The ugh. bugs. The, the bugs. parasites. 
Yeah, but wouldn't it be cool to go to a rainforest? Uh, far. Yeah. I don't know. I just <laughs> meh. I guess we can check the Amazon off of the uh, field trip list for the flannel cast. <laughs> yeah. There's just so many things that can kill you in a rainforest. Yeah. Anyways, but you know, it's cool, just not for me. <laughs> so uh anyways, so Wallace Wallace is homies with Darwin to you know to kind of summarize this and he starts he starts telling he starts talking to, to Darwin about you know what he's kind of seen about how what's going on with insect variation down in the um in the Amazon and um starts kind of hinting at this thing natural selection right uh, and how species like come about and Darwin comes back at them and Darwin goes you don't have enough facts, all right? Uh, just uh, you, you need you need something better. There, there's basically you don't you don't have a mechanism. Where have we heard this from? Oh man, Wagner. <laughs> I mean, it was Darwin also like you need at least six or seven years more of data. Then like he hopped on the beagle and he's like, I'll be back in five. <laughs> so don't publish anything until I get back. Yeah. The thing is. Darwin tells Wallace, you need, you, you don't have enough facts with all this, all this insect stuff that you did down the Amazon. Well, it turns out that Wallace collected all these samples. He collected a ton of samples and the ship that was holding these samples went down. It sunk. And Darwin didn't know that. And Dar- <laughs> imagine being Wallace like they're on the ship, but you know, Darwin's like, Oh, I don't see it. You got nothing. Sorry, Charlie. Um, so, uh, so that goes, so, okay. So let's fast forward. Can, just can we pause for a second? Could you even so, imagine? I know you two said you hate the jungle, but going into the jungle for years, six. documenting, capturing like all the bugs that you hated <laughs> and like putting them in like glass <laughs> cases. And then you're like, oh my God, this is great. This is my mad. Probably, opus. probably malaria ridden. And then, you put them on a ship and the ship sinks. Uh, it caught fire and sank in the mid Atlantic. Uh, Alfred Wallace. Uh, so Wallace spent 10 days in a longboat before being picked up near Bermuda. What? FYI. What? Holy this guy. crap. He wrote two books on this experience and Darwin yeah. was being a, a Darwin was play hating them. You know, after <laughs> yeah. this. Well, you, got, you ain't got nothing. It, it's a shame that boat sank. Guess we'll never know why that <laughs> happened. Darwin was like, don't make your problem my problem. All right. Listen, <laughs> you lost the samples. All right. Those samples, you got nothing. All right. So let's talk about Wallace spent 10 days. Imagine being in a longboat just floating out there in the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah, essentially 10, a big canoe. <laughs> yeah, basically a big canoe. Just riding the currents around. Like this dude, this this Alfred Russell Wallace is he's legit. In my book, this dude is straight up legit. So, um, all right. So he loses all these, all these uh, specimens, wah, wah. Uh, and Darwin kind of craps all over him. So, uh, all right. So that was, uh, yeah. Uh, so now we're at uh, 1854 and Wallace by himself sets off for the East Indies. Uh, 
basically he's going to an area called the Malay Archipelago. He's, he's out in like the uh, Indonesia area. That's where that's where this is. So um, he goes out there and he spends eight years in this region, kind of looking at um, and uh, looking at the fauna. And he starts coming up with this idea that geography was highly influential in the development of the biology in this area. And so that's something that, you know, now we, we kind of take that for granted. Right. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's huge. It's huge. He was, yeah. so he's like the, one of the, he's like the first guy. He's just like, yo, I, this is something's going on here. We have different geographic regions here and we get certain, certain animals living in certain areas related to related to the, the geography. Yeah. That's what, I mean, we call that allopatric speciation today. <laughs> So and then because he's going out, he's starting to he's he's starting to float around this concept called uh, natural selection Um, and that, um, uh, you know, the the, the part of the thing that the the environment is one of the things that that controls speciation as well. So uh, so he goes on this uh, and he, so he's out in, in this, uh, in that region of the world and he goes back to London, right? Well, now Wallace has just a couple more samples than he did last time. So here's, <laughs> this is ridiculous. I'm going to throw some numbers out at you guys for what Wallace did and how this dude just, wow. Uh, he had, 125,660 specimens of plants, animals, insects, and birds on these, on the islands, 125,000. All right. That's insane. Yeah. How much space does that take up? Like just, so he's going to send this back. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Also starting to think he's a little, he's a little bit of a weird dude. And how do you top that research? Like, how do you, how do you like double the R squared value of that? You need a million. <laughs> I need at least a million. Meticulously organized these collections. I mean, I think that's. It that's sounds like he had like nine great assistants. <laughs> How do you even get that much? I mean, so we can do the math. We're not going to do the math, but you figure he was out there for eight years and came back with 125,000 samples. How many per day is that? Anyways, fun Dang. thought experiment. I'm not going to do the math right now. <laughs> All right. So of that 125,000 samples, Wallace had 310 mammals, 100 reptiles, 83,000 beetles. He had more than half of his collections were beetles. That's about really into beetles. It's like 41 a day, 41 a day, 41 different species a day. Yeah. Let's say you work for eight hours a day. How many species per hour is he? Uh, <laughs> or at least samples, maybe not species, but just, just samples. Um, anyway, that's just a lot. It's like, what? Yeah. It's like five. It's like five, five an hour, right? Yeah. So every 20 minutes, he's picking something up. Yeah. It's like, it's no, like, less th- than that, less it's than like that. almost, almost 14 per eight hour shift. Let's put it that way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, anyways. Uh, so he's, well, okay. Uh, 83,000 beetles, uh, 13,000 other insects, 8,000 birds, 13,000 butterflies and 7,500 shells. So, uh, 
Yeah, that's that's when you, you like the the gentleman scientist, the naturalist. It was not all him. There's no way he could have done and cataloged all that himself. Not to take anything away from him, because, ooh, but yeah, I mean that that takes a team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take, takes a village. I wonder. Yeah. Yeah, what his um. Well, he did have financial struggles. I was about to say, like, well, did he um come from money? But no, he did not come from money. That's not, where no, no his we're mom was a friction. librarian, right? Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah so was one of seven. Spoiler alert! A little bit later in the story, we're going to see uh, there was some friction between Wallace and Darwin. Darwin had some. Uh, he had some moolah. Darwin. Darwin had some money. Wallace well, didn't have money. Isn't that part of, part of the reason Darwin ended up on the Beagle, right? Wasn't it? He was Darwin's yeah, because dad wanted him to he become was a, a physician, gentle, right? gentleman or something. Yeah, and the, like the captain of the ship wanted someone of his class to like talk to. Oh, really? Yes. I don't know yeah. if it was. We yeah, covered this. Yeah. Because I know the story that Darwin's. Darwin's dad wanted him to become a physician, and he was just like, you know what? I'm not feeling it. I'm just going to go on this yeah. uh, this beagle trip for where are they going for like five years or something like that? Yeah. It's like, well, uh, I'll, I'll figure out life, you know, later. So, uh, you know, a lot of people don't realize Darwin did the beagle trip in the 1830s, I believe, off the top of my head, and he didn't publish uh, on the origin of species until 1859. Yeah, so he, he sat on these ideas for like twenty years. Yeah, he he apparently well, he had some unpublished work. Yeah, in the eighteen forties, but you, you got to publish it. Got to get those ideas out there. Got 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 to get them out there. Yeah. Um. So, fun fact: uh, where Wallace was, it's also known as the uh, the Spice Islands. You guys know the story about uh, Indonesian pepper. No. So back in this, back in the day, uh, pepper was like one of the main, um, like people were in Europe are going crazy for, for Indonesian pepper. And it spawned a lot of colonizing, uh, colonizing of the, uh, of the area. And it's actually, um, pepper was like a really big deal. And it's, uh, it's, it's actually where the term grocer comes from because these people would buy the spices and pepper in gross, and there were these different oh. guilds they had in the medieval times, and they became known as grocers because they buying all this stuff in oh. bulk, basically. So that's where the term uh, grocer or grocery store comes from, buying the stuff Neat. in bulk. Neat. So, the more you know there. Um, all right. So then, uh, so Wallace had this vision, right? And we say he was kind of hinting at this, this natural selection thing. But it wasn't until uh, he was suffering. He was, uh, uh, let's see, he was in a, a grass hut in a village on the island of Ternate. And he had a bout of jungle fever. You guys, I guess that's malaria. Would you guys think, figure? I don't know. Jungle or, fever. I, I maybe yellow fever? Yellow fever. Yeah. yeah. Or like, I don't know. Yeah. It's got to be, I, I would say malaria because I think yellow fever kills you pretty quickly. Wow. Well, I guess malaria yeah. kills you too. Um, so I don't, I don't think it was a Spike Lee joint. Let's put it that way. Yeah. <laughs> so he has this. Uh, 
he kind of has this uh, this vision or this this idea as he was trying to, uh, you know, uh, recuperate from from whatever kind of sickness jungle fever is. And that's when he comes out about this idea. He figures out this idea of survival of the fittest, fit, fittest, <laughs> fittest. Excuse me. The survival of the fins. <laughs> the finish. Yes. Our good listeners from Finland. Yeah. Keep on surviving. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Number number three natural uh, science podcast in Finland. You know, it's with great this power gonna, comes great responsibility. This is going to bump us up to one. Shout out. I hope so. So, um, you know, this is, it was when he, he's fighting this bout of, uh, jungle fever. He, he kind of like just laying around this grass hut and he just, boom, it's it just like, he had this like eureka moment. Oh, survival of the fittest, um, that, you know, uh, things that are going to be affecting different species are going to be, uh, you know, changes in climate, food, other animals, uh, enemies and, and things like that are always are always going to be, you know, uh, kind of, uh, adding pressure onto, onto a certain species. And then they got to react to that. And if, you know, mother nature is brutal. If you can't react, or I guess if you can't adapt is the better word to say to a changing environment, you die. There's no if, ends or buts. It's just, you, you can't hang, you die. And then if you're able to live, then you're able to reproduce and pass on your genes to, to other, uh, to your offspring. Right. so you got the good genes that were able to survive through these, you know, whatever types of, uh, pressures. And that's, uh, that was survival of the fittest. So one of the things now to get back to kind of to, we'll get into uh, a little more with, uh, Wallace and Darwin and some of the stuff that they had going on in a, in a couple of minutes, but let's bring this back to geology right now. All right. So we've been talking about biology. It's been a really heavy biology podcast so far, but the one thing that we're going to be uh, kind of focusing on, or at least we want to talk about is, is this thing called the Wallace line that, that he figures out. And the Wallace line is this, uh, it's a line going through the, uh, through Indonesia. And uh, basically on one side of the line, you have Borneo and Java and then on the other side of the line, on the so that's the western side of the line. And then on the eastern side of the line, you have uh, Lombok and uh, Timor and Australia, basically. So the western side is is more linked to Asia. The uh, eastern side is more linked to Australia. And there is a strict faunal change going through this line, right? So the way that Wallace developed this line, he was nicely, neatly organized, kind of like how the geology flannel cast is. Yeah. What can you tell me about organization, Steve? I can tell you a lot about organization because I'm going off our well-defined, organized outline, which, by the way, we'd like to thank our sponsor, The Formatting Formula, formattingformula.com or YouTube forward slash C forward slash formatting formula for all of your Word document formatting needs. Please check them out uh, and say the geology flannel cast sent you. So anything from little tiny word edit things that, you know, don't, don't be ashamed. I ask them often about little tiny word things, you know, words been around for what a couple of decades. So, uh, but they can customize your toolbars, your headers, 
footers, like do all kinds of stuff. They can format things. So you like, if you have a very specific regulatory document you need to submit, you can ask them and they'll, they'll format exactly the way they need it to be and all, all kinds of stuff. So check them out formattingformula.com. Or if you want to teach yourself, they have all kinds of YouTube videos to teach yourself. So YouTube forward slash C forward slash formatting formula for all of your word document formatting needs. Great segue, Chris. Yeah, thanks. You know, it's they pay us the big bucks here. Um, wait, they do. Well, <laughs> it's all relative, I guess. Yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, the Wallace line talks about the the final changes across uh, across this region of the world, um, and you know, Darwin was Darwin was aware of this, um, like I said, especially because in 1855. Um, they, him and Wallace wrote that nice paper. Jesse said, Don, Jesse, you, I'm, I'm looking at the, must have been looking at the abbreviated name here on the law, oh. which has regulated the introduction of new species. But it sounds like you had the director's cut there. That's, uh, yeah, that's, I like that one. Oh, they both start with on though. So it's on. Perfect. Yeah. On. On. I think uh, it's a little bit. Yeah. Wallace know. wrote another paper on the tendency of varieties to depart indefinitely from the original type. Which sounds like variation to me. Uh, yeah, it sounds like he's hitting it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, this is a lot of this was based on stuff that uh, Wallace was seeing in the in the East Indies. You know, geographically isolated populations, kind of doing their own thing and evolving in in in, in one direction here. Um. But the whole time that, you know, Darwin knew about this stuff and Darwin's just kind of sitting there and he's thinking about this and he's thinking about this stuff and he's thinking about this stuff. Um, and uh, so, so, so Wallace gets, uh, gets sick and this is on New Year's Day in 1858 when he finally just boom has this eureka moment, survival of the fittest. Um, and uh, so one of the things was, like I said, it took Darwin like 20 years to between when he did his work on the on the um, on the Beagle and, and when uh, on the origin of species was written to, you know, uh, to, to publish his stuff. And and a lot of it was just kind of procrastinate. It was it was a, it was a mix of procrastination and Darwin just kind of being like, you know, what, I'm on to something here, but I just can't figure it out. I just can't figure it out. So he's sitting there and, and, um, and it was uh, one of the things. So uh, Wallace writes a letter to Darwin and Darwin, or I guess Darwin was, you know, he knew Charles Lyell, another close friend of the geologist. Chuck Lyle. Chuck Lyle, you know, Um, you know, uh, Wallace is like, we, you got to give this thing to Lyle. Lyle's going to be, he's going to get this word out. And that's, that's the way to go. Um, and so Darwin sees this thing and Darwin goes, Oh, that's it. That's, you know, he finally, he's like, yeah, this, this, this Wallace thing is right. You know, he was just like, you know, yeah, natural selection. And it was like, boom. And that was kind of like the inspiration for Darwin to get his book out on the origin of species. Um, so it's basically, uh, you know, that's that's where we uh, come up with this term, you know, that the, the kind of pushing this term survival the fittest. Um, so Charles Lyell and then an, another uh, 
another close personal friend of the geology funnel cast, Joseph Hooker, they're all involved in this too. And they tell Darwin, like, you know, you got to share some of the glory with Wallace. All right. And Darwin didn't really want to because Darwin, this is where we get back. Darwin had this like, uh, Darwin was higher class than, than Wallace. And, but Lyell and Hooker, like, come on, you got, you got to, you got to give this dude credit. He, you know, so, um, uh, so, uh, long story short, uh, there's this group called the Linnaean Society. Uh, on July 1st, 1958, Darwin and Wallace, um, or he introduces the papers with Darwin and Wallace. Um, 1858, not, not their zombies. He said 1958. <laughs> ah, excuse, thank you for, thank you for catching that there. Um, so, uh, you know, it was one of the things, and then, uh, and then on the origin of species comes out in 1859, and Wallace, Wallace was a good sport about this because people started talking about the term Darwinism, right? Well, Wallace could have easily, just as easily, have said like, "Hey, come on, I, I had a, I had a lot to do with this as well. It wasn't just Chuck T. You know, it was, I had, I had some say in this, but uh, you know, he never." never really mentioned anything about, you know, being kind of sour about this and, and, uh, and, you know, and, and he, he had no problem giving Darwin all the credit real, real class. A act this, uh, Alfred Russell, Russell Wallace here. So, um, you know, he didn't, he didn't really get any, any of the, the props that Darwin got. He didn't receive a knighthood like people like Chuck Lyell or Joseph Hooker got, um, but, uh, interestingly enough, he, uh, Wallace did become a member of the order of merit, which, um, a lot of British people think that's actually more worthy than becoming, uh, becoming a knight, knight. Getting, right. getting knighted. So, um, yeah. Anyway. <clears throat> um, so just to put this into geographic context, like, uh, to draw a line between Australia and the rest of the world, like, okay, not that big of a deal, but the Wallace line runs between islands that are like really close, a few miles apart, like from, from Borneo to Lombok, or I'm sorry, from Bali to Lombok is like 12 miles Yeah, from, uh, from Borneo to, uh, what is it? The Sulawesi islands again is like you know 40 miles like not huge like it's just if you were to you know go ahead and google it look look it up on a map like it's just kind of this line drawn across you know these east indies if you will like it's not it's not this hard line where australia is it's it's this line that really kind of cuts through these islands like it, it's pretty interesting how how close they actually were but how differentiated they are and it, and it comes down to the geology so it, yeah you know, he, and he really did a lot of interesting work there a lot of it comes down to they were looking at birds initially showing that um they're looking at different types of parrots and they're like oh these are found in australia and you know and, and they're not on the other side of the wallace line so basically the everything the going back to the fauna the fauna on the west side of the Wallace line resembled more 
what you're seeing in like mainland Asia and the stuff on the east side of the Wallace line was more like uh, stuff that you'd see in Australia. So one, inch, uh, so one of the things with the Wallace line is it is more fauna and not so much flora. Flora doesn't really follow the Wallace line a little bit like eucalyptus. So with the exception of one species, I believe there was a, a majority of the, the vast majority of eucalyptus is on the east side of the, of the Wallace line. So, um, you know, uh, there was actually somebody before Wallace, a gentleman by the name of uh, Philip Schlater who at the age of 28 started kind of hinting at this, kind of looking at different species of cockatoos and, uh, and parrots going uh, across this, uh, going across the region there, but he didn't really figure out like the line. Wallace was the one that's like, okay, here's basically like the dividing line. So let's get down to the geology side of things. Like how, how does this relate? Why did I just spend the last like 30 minutes or so going off on like biology and Wallace and Darwin? And it all comes down to plate tectonics, right? So the tectonics are controlling the, 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 the fauna that you see going across this area. So basically on the, uh, the, uh, the separate on either side of the Wallace line, they were the, originally those land masses were separated and they were kind of doing their own, like evolutionarily, they were kind of doing, doing their own thing. And then it all comes back somewhat really um, during, uh, during the Cenozoic era, everything kind of starts to, starts to come back and, and get closer, but it really ultimately it, comes down to tectonics. The tectonics were moving, moving these islands around, or you know, moving these plates around, and um, and ultimately had the had the final say on the biology right there. So just goes to show you how geology kind of trumps biology, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just saying. So without, that's what is- without the geology department, there'd be no biology department. We, we, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we're, we're saying it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where a lot of this stuff that, um, uh, even like what Darwin was seeing on the Galapagos, the Galapagos islands are these, uh, these isolated islands you, and you tend to see evolution going at a much faster pace on these kind of like these like segregated, isolated, isolated islands. Um, they're kind of just, they're kind of just doing their own thing. Well, how do these things get isolated? It's all, it's geology, you know, the, the Galapagos, are, uh, that's a hot spot. So, um, kind of popped up there and it's, it's kind of, uh, you know, doing its own thing, separated from, from South America. And that's what they were seeing down, um, in, um, around Java, uh, with uh, in terms of this this Wallace line, everything was all separated because of because of geology. So now, so this was all going on in the 1800s, right? In the 1840s and 1850s, when when this debate was going on. And so, if you fast forward to the 19, let's see, 1926, right? Wegener released his uh, his ideas. He was kind of I, I don't, I don't know for how much of this he was specifically he was using, but um, 
you know, this is, I guess, well, Wegner kind of did the exact opposite thing when you think about, about this. Wegner was saying, like, you have land masses that are now separated, but had the same, uh, the same fauna on either side, like South America and Africa and, and things like that. So I guess you could say Wegner was, was yeah, he was, he was working. You could say it's related to, to what, um, yeah, what, you know, uh, to this, this concept of, of, um, the Wallace line, but, you know, once again, trying to make a point for geology and tectonics. Uh, Wegner yeah, was saying geology. like these things had to be closer because they had same stuff on it. Wallace is saying these things are now close, but they had to have been farther away at some point. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's, it's, yeah. And it's the reason that, you know, you, you only see the marsupials in Australia and you're not seeing the marsupials up in uh, up Asia. In Asia. Yeah. yeah. So I guess you could say it's kind of the same concept, just different, different types of movement, right? Yeah. Different ways to view it. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy, crazy, smart dudes with a crazy amount of time on their hands. Seriously. That's all I have to say. Imagine be like, I'm going to go, Hey, sweetie, I'm going to go away for eight years and log 170,000 species. I'll be back. Yeah. 125. I mean, get the number right. If I if I found myself in the South Pacific or you know in the Indian Ocean on an island, I would be asleep in a hammock every day. Yeah, I like noon. That or you'd be suffering. And and I'm not going to lie. If my boat my boat catches fire in the Atlantic, I'm dying. (laughs) I'm not going to be on a long boat, Uh, uh, hoping to coast into Bermuda. (laughs) Yeah, if I survived on a long boat, that would be the last boat journey I took, probably. Yeah, right. You might just stay at home and just say, you know yeah. what? I learned my lesson. I, I mean, I got done doing some field work and I was complaining about some mosquito bites and ticks. Like yeah, these guys are- <laughs> back in the back in the early 1800s, I guess that's the equivalent of like running out of gas today or something. I, I don't even know. Like don't even I don't know. even know if you can compare it. Like your boat catches fire and <laughs> your ship, I'm sorry, says ship, your ship catches fire and you're just kind of stranded for 10 days. I mean, your car breaks down. Yeah, you stranded for maybe an hour or two until AAA can come and give you a, a tow truck. <laughs> yeah. Get a AAA tow truck, you know, in the uh, in the in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean. It's yeah, kind of like, oh, here we go, you know. But uh, you know, props to uh, Alfred Russell Wallace. That dude collected. Yeah, man, did a lot of work, to, and and uh, like I said, kind of Darwin. Darwin gets all the all the credit for you know, for uh, natural selection, theory of evolution and stuff like that. But, you know, he had, he had uh, Alfred Russell Wallace was kind of, I guess you could say in a way Wallace was Darwin's muse perhaps. And it kind of kicked, kicked Darwin in the butt a little bit. It was like, you know what? I gotta get this book published. I gotta get, you know, this is 20 years of just sitting on this stuff. And, uh, we gotta uh, we gotta get moving. So Wallace yeah. is kind of like the shot in the butt that got that got uh, Darwin Darwin going. But yeah, Wallace, uh, like like I said in the beginning of the podcast, he's the most famous person that you've probably never heard of. Yep. But uh, gotta, well, now you famous. have. Now you have. He's famous but, enough that you got. He's got a trench named after him, and and a big. Big thirteen thousand foot mountain in the Sierra Nevadas. That's pretty cool too. That is pretty cool. The Linnaean Society has a medal named after him. 
Wow. The Linnaean Society of London. It's called the Darwin Wallace Medal. Oh. Maybe put him first instead yeah, of Yeah, Wallace Darwin. Maybe they, uh, and you know maybe they the went alphabetical. Go in like an alphabetical order. Yeah. <laughs> so you, you know who the first recipient of it was? So it was a first awarded in 1908. And it was award. It's awarded every fifty years. Fifty. Wow. Fifty until twenty ten. They started doing it annually. Um, every fifty. The the very first recipient, Alfred Russell Wallace. <laughs> That's like Oscar getting the first Oscar award. Yeah. Like- <laughs> <laughs> Alfred Russell Wallace got so. The first so they did it in 08, 58. 2008 and then, and then they decided in 2008 that and it, it like yeah so in 1908 they gave alpha russell wallace a gold medal and then they give silver they gave silver to six other scientists including joseph hooker um then 1958 they gave 20 silver medals 2008 they gave 13 um including uh, two um, to people who had, who had died. Ten, they've done it annually. Okay. To one person, one or one, two people. One person. All right. Yeah. So instead of saving them all up for a, half a decade yeah. or half a century, they just uh, dole them out annually now. I like it. Yeah, I think if you, if you save it for 50 years, I mean, you got to have a heck of a party after after that. You know, it can't just be like, all so right, the- here's your medal. The uh-huh. Royal Society has a Darwin medal that they've given out since 1890, and they give it out every two years. The first winner of that, Alfred Russell Wallace. He got the Darwin Award. He got the Darwin Award. And Joseph well, Hooker. The Darwin was, Award now is something so, else. Too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. So the, I mean, yeah, he, um, and then Joseph Hooker won the second one. And then the third award, Darwin Award winner, was uh, Thomas Henry Huxley, who's a biologist, anthropologist, who was the one who basically coined the term Wallace Line. Ah, that's pretty cool. So, you know, man, Wallace was a class act. He didn't even coin his own line. Well, he just he wrote about it, but you don't want to you don't want to name things after yourself. You let someone else. No. Well. I try all the time. It never sticks. <laughs> this, this new, I call this new rock Petersonite. Yeah. And they're like, no, no, sir. That's just a rock. That's, that's, you know, that's quartz. I'm, I'm looking at a picture of Joseph Dalton hooker right now. And I'll send you guys this link. He, this picture of him, literally, he looks like father time in this picture. <laughs> I think he was like 230 years old when, uh, when this picture was was taken of him. Oh, geez. Uh, yeah. That's not even a beard. That's just like neck hair mixed with chest hair. He's, he's actually still alive. <laughs> man, those brows too, man. Those eyebrows are something. He lived Ooh. long. Joseph, Joseph Hooker was born in 1817 and lived to 1911. Yeah, 94. He, I mean, Wallace, life. Wallace lived to be 90. Really? Yeah. I mean, he, he lived he through jungle of, fever. Yeah, Wallace lived to ni- uh, 1913. Wow. Yeah. Um, well, there you go. The most famous guy you never heard of. Huh. Yeah. 
Uh, I, we got to look into this. I, you know, I need to learn more about Joseph Hooker because I've always heard of that name. And uh, but uh, that sounds like a future podcast to me. Sounds yeah. He did a, he did a lot. He was all over the place. He did a voyage to the Antarctic for four years. So I can imagine going to Antarctica uh, in the mid eighteen hundreds be a little dicey. And for four imagine. years, like where where did they get food? I guess you're just hunting seals or finding penguins. Penguins, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah a they packed it on the boat. There was no room for a hundred thousand insects. Yeah, filled with food. Or maybe there was because they they had packed a hundred thousand pounds worth of food, and then once they ate the food, then they had room for the species to go oh, back. That's a good point. Yeah. And then they probably they're like, well, we, we should probably eat these insects because we're out of food. There you go. Good source of protein. Circle Just of life. Yeah. So cool. Well, very cool, gentlemen. Yeah. So there you have it. There's the uh, the the some information about Alfred Russell Wallace is pretty important. Wallace line links back to plate tectonics proves plate tectonics, or I shouldn't say proves, but another, another line of evidence for plate tectonics. Uh, we talked about some other big names, Darwin, uh, Charles Lyell, like just one of the OG geologists from back in the day, Joseph Hooker, pretty awesome neck beard, his whole life. I'm looking at pictures from when he was younger just always kept this pretty awesome neck beard. Good for him. So uh, I'm going to bring that back. Bring the neck beard back. Just, yeah. just the beard under the chin. Yeah, I'm gonna grow out my eyebrows. I can do that pretty fast too. <laughs> um, yeah, and you, you know, uh, Joseph Hooker was um, always defending Darwin, Darwin's theories. Uh, him and Thomas Henry Huxley, another close personal friend of the podcast. Um, Defended it and apparently in a pretty pretty important and historic debate at Oxford University in uh, 1860. Um, anyways, lots of, lots of there's lots of uh, history and stories behind behind all these guys here. So, um, yeah, so that just about wraps it up for uh, for today's episode. Hope you guys learned something new. Um, the Wallace line. Now you ne- never look at that uh, that that uh, you know. Region of the world, yeah, yeah. Never look at that region or the difference between uh, just those uh, those small islands out there. Uh, Faunally, it's pretty pretty big. So pretty cool, uh, yeah. So thanks so much for listening. If you like the podcast and want to want to help us out, we have a Patreon, Patreon dot com slash Geology Flannelcast. Couple couple different tiers of membership there. Uh, If you become a Patreon member, you can come hang out with us via zoom uh before during and after the podcast uh some fun hangout session we got uh i got a really good group of people that um hang out and, and join in for the podcast um we got some some fun merch on uh geologyflannelcast.com if you need a coffee mug Oof. say you know you ever wash your dishes by hand and just you, you soapy water and you just you, coffee mug slips out of your hand and psh, cracks breaks um go to geologyflannelcast.com you can get yourself a nice flannel cast coffee mug uh scientific studies have proven that makes your coffee taste 20 percent better so 20 percent 
And you know what? You don't even have to put coffee in there. You could put apple juice in there. You can put whatever you want in this coffee mug. Mm -hmm. Just say coffee mug, but it's, I feel like that's even pigeonholing it too much. Yeah. It's a multi-purpose mug, really. A multi-purpose mug. Yeah. And that's 20% in there. That 20% number comes from us testing it 125,000 times. Yeah. Yeah. You can actually put soil in it and plant an aloe plant in there and it'll be a 20% better aloe plant. You can plant some eucalyptus in this thing <laughs> and, have, and you can have a simulation of the Wallace line in your kitchen. There you go. You have Australian related species on one side of your kitchen and Asian related species by two coffee mugs. Asian related species on the other side of your kitchen. And then you can figure out where the Wallace line is. Yeah. And this has nothing to do with us just trying to sell you two coffee books. <laughs> <laughs> Not at all. I don't know what he's talking about. No. So anyways, uh, there's, you get some stickers, get some flannel cast stickers. Hey, take some, all of our fans out there, take some uh, geology pictures with your flannel cast sticker in the background, send it to us and we'll post it on the flannel cast Instagram account. That's always fun. Yeah. Got some cool stuff on the uh, on the Instagram account, or just send us your geology pictures in general. Like, look at these things; they're they're pretty cool. We'll put them up on the. Uh, you send us a picture of some geology stuff. We'll put it on the Instagram. How about that? Cool. Deal done. All right. Anything else? Facebook. We're on there. All that stuff. Meta. So Meta. now, <laughs> most important question of the day, gentlemen. <laughs> Oof. This is what keeps listeners listening to the end. Or at least it keeps me engaged. This is this is the only reason I do this now. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse. He's coughing. Yeah. Give us what what's what song? What song are you gonna take us out with? So we're gonna go south of the Wallace line by a little group called Men at Work. Ooh. From a land down under. I love it. Perfect. Perfect. Yes. So, you know, I actually looked into this. I looked in to see if you could actually, we could actually play 20 seconds of the song. And the, apparently, the answer is no. I think it's like, no, you cannot. It's very, you cannot it, do isn't that. It, I thought it was like four seconds or something. No, that's a misnomer. That's totally oh. a misnomer. You cannot play one second of it. <laughs> <laughs> if they catch you. If True. They catch you. Well, we are the premier geology podcast. That's Obviously, true. they catch us. I, I think the, the, men at work are listening right now yeah well obviously they're like our number two listener in australia so well yeah it's a mutual respect yeah between us very cool all right thanks everybody take care and we'll see you guys next week for another fun and exciting episode of the geology flannel cast see ya bye thanks for stopping bye